Blog Talk Radio. Right now, we are on Facebook Live, and 
we also we want to do we want to make sure that for those that have questions on Facebook Live, welcome to send your questions or requests at this time. I want to say a huge hello, hello, hello to my church family, Tabernacle Church. While sing after Pastor Older Slogan, if you have uh, if you ever in the Dallas Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. I have a question. Have you dealt with any issues that left you in fear, feeling envy, jealous, or in shame or bitter. Too often our past disappointments, betrayals, hurt, or unresolved issues can continue to sabotage us and prevent us from experiencing what God has for us. Rather than remaining stagnant, we must look beyond the surface to what lies beneath the real pattern and self-sabotaging behavior so that we can be healed, delivered, set free, and walk in the purpose and victory ordained by God for us. Proverbs 23 and 7, for as he think in his heart, so is he. On the show, we will have a great public speaker and author of More Than a Conqueror's and a series called Braveheart, Evangelist Veronica Holland, Holland, Miss Veronica Holland. She will be here to share her personal testimonies and give us a word of encouragement and much more in the episode called What Lies Beneath. So without further moment ado, I would like to welcome, reconnect my heart, our very special guest, Miss Veronica Halen. I'm sorry, Halen. Miss Veronica Halen. At this time, Miss Veronica Holland. How you doing today, ma'am? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for coming on to the show. Been looking forward to having you on the show for Amen. many, many, many weeks. So thank you for coming in and just coming in and be willing to minister to at this time. Amen. Amen. Well, God is awesome. And I just thank you for extending the opportunity to me, Brother Prater. Um, It's just an enormous honor. And um, I count it a privilege to be used by God because Mm -hmm. each of us has a testimony. Each of us has a story. Um, Our testimony um, is our assignment. Um, Our testimony Mm -hmm of what has happened in our life and how we've overcome and been been victorious is not just for us, but for others who may be experiencing the same issues, um, who've experienced a similar trauma to understand and to know that because I, another person has made it, I can make it also through these scenarios, through this trauma, through this drama, through this experience, someone else has come out on the other side and I too can do the same 
by trusting in Jesus and allow him to heal the broken places in me. Yes. Yes. Now, if you don't mind, can you share with us a background about yourself? Well, I am an evangelist. Um, I am just, again, I'm just very and feel enormously blessed just to be used by God. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm someone who grew up in the church, but I haven't always been grounded in the church. And that is, there's a tremendous difference because you see, we can go to church, but we don't necessarily have Christ truly living in us and we're not truly led by him. That's a decision that we have to make to be led by Christ and to be Christ-centered. And so I was someone who attended church on a regular basis, um, certainly from roughly my middle school years um, onto the onset of college and then after college finished, um, attended church on a very regular basis. But I was one of those folks who was sort of a fence straddler. So I kind of had one foot in church but one foot in the world. And um, so there was an enormous number of um, challenges that I found myself going through and ultimately repetitive patterns. And a lot of it wasn't based on what I was necessarily going through at that moment. It was tied to my past and unresolved issues. Mm -hmm. And my life experience has been that for many of us, we carry wounds and we carry issues from our past that are unresolved. And what happens is that um, for a wound, if you don't heal it, it will continue to fester and get worse and, and worse. It won't just dissipate. It will continue to affect you and afflict you if you don't speak to the issue. And so um, one of the issues that I had, um, which many women, and women, I have a special heart for women. Um, my ministry is Purpose House Ministries, and um, my heart is truly for women and women that have been through abuse and have been through trauma because I am someone who has intimate knowledge and experience with those things, with those areas, trauma, Um, being molested um, in middle school, um, experiencing domestic violence um, in my 20s, and different traumatic events in my life um, that I didn't address. And so what I found in my life is that I was having recurring patterns Um, patterns that I didn't even recognize, but it was almost like I was on autopilot. And I think what happens in the church sometimes is that we sit on our testimony and we sit on our experiences because once we've really arrived and we've truly become grounded in Christ and we're now sharing and ministering, we don't always necessarily want to talk about problems or the challenges we've had or the stumbling blocks. We just want to get right to the fact that we're victorious and we've overcome, which is great because we overcome by the blood and the words of our testimony, as it tells us in Revelation. But the testimony is crucial because even though we've made it over to the other side, there's others that are still struggling. And so we have to reach back and reach out to those who are still going through and let them know we have a commonality here. We have something in common. I've been where you were, but I made it through and I made it over because of Jesus, because yeah. he wants us to be healed. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to walk in victory. And he is our victor. Um, he is our lion of Judah, our Alpha and Omega. 
he is our the, the, the power. You know, he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, it tells us in Second Timothy, but power, love, and a sound mind. But we have to link to that. We have to connect to that, and we have to reach out for that. Um, it's something that we have to make a conscious decision to do. We have to just be stripped of all pretense and all of the surface relationship that we can have sometimes and just say, Jesus, I'm hurting. I'm dealing with this issue. I'm still stumbling through this. I'm still, these, this pattern is repeating in my life. I keep finding myself back in the same place. Help me. But we have to be willing to admit that, to get naked with him spiritually and say, I got some issues that I'm holding on to. Help me. You know, there's so mature to say that because I think a lot of times the hardest thing that we have to face is accepting that we're stuck. I think a lot of times we're in denial, and I think that's the thing that really hinders us when we refuse to accept where we are right now. You know, we can see the problem in other people's lives, but we very seldom (laughs) accept the problem within our own selves. Exactly. This is so true. Um, You know, it's just easier to see other shortcomings sometimes and to see what they need to work on. And sometimes our vision is 2020 when it comes to other shortcomings and issues and mistakes and problems. But when it comes to our own, you know, we're, 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 our vision is blurred. You know, we see dimly in terms of what our issues are and what we need to work on. And that's a hindrance. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. So he Mm -hmm. wants us to be set free. He doesn't want us to be captive to the past. Even yesterday, even if it's yesterday, he wants us to be redeemed. He wants us to be set free, healed, and delivered. Um, Because that's what he came to do. He came for the lost. And we were all lost at some time. You know, it tells us in the book of Romans that all have sinned. Romans three twenty three all have sinned. Romans six twenty three all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So there's something in each of us where we've fallen short, and it's different for everyone. But in order for us to come to Him, we have to admit, hey, I've sinned, I've made mistakes, I've fallen short. But forgive me, redeem me, save me. And we can do the salvation part, but sometimes what we don't do is again we we hesitate about talking about all of the issues that we have that are carrying from one year to the next year, decade to the next decade, that we're carrying around with us like a suitcase, a suitcase of issues and trauma and, and, and um, you know, just a recurring patterns that keep us from being all that God called us to be. Hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Now, especially pertaining to that pattern, that pattern anywhere linked with unforgiveness? Certainly. Um, you know, the verse that you started out with, as a man thinketh in his heart, is he. So is he. And so that pertains to many facets of our life and how that can be a stumbling block and what we hold in our heart. When we hold on to unforgiveness, we're actually being rebellious because he told mm-hmm. us, instructed us to forgive as he has forgiven us. So we're actually walking contrary to God because we're saying, I'm not going to do what you told me to do. When we 
hold unforgiveness, we're actually held hostage to that issue. And keep in mind, forgiving someone doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm necessarily going to hang out with you every day or talk to you every minute of the day or every day. But it does mean releasing that so that you can move forward with your life. It doesn't necessarily mean that what the person did to you was right. But even if they don't ever apologize for it, you have to be relieved from that so that you're not held hostage to that situation. So let me ask you this. Um, even given other people, do you think it's you think it's harder for a person to forgive others or for them to forgive themselves? I think it's hardest for us to forgive ourselves. And the reason that I think it's harder for us to forgive ourselves is because we're not even, we don't necessarily even acknowledge the mistakes that we've made or that we are um, holding unforgiveness against ourselves and that we're blaming ourselves. We can sometimes very easily pinpoint, oh, this person did this to me on this exact day and they did, and this scenario happened. But for ourselves, we don't always acknowledge um, the issues that we've had and that we're mad at ourselves. And so what happens is that underneath behavior um, lies these deeper issues like the bitterness and the fear and envy and unforgiveness. And so what this will manifest in is the external issue that you see on the surface, issues like sometimes we're overeating, we are – shopping excessively. Um, We're very angry all the time. Um, Maybe we're constantly having troubles on our job. We don't get along with people. We're very contentious. All of these things can be consequences of not addressing issues that we ultimately haven't forgiven ourselves for, situations that we may have put ourselves in that we're kind of kicking ourselves for mentally for ever being Mm -hmm. in that scenario. And because we're not addressing them, we're not forgiving ourselves, we're not asking God for any um, pertinent forgiveness, and so we're just kind of stuck and we're spinning our wheels. And, again, what you see is on the surface, but it's all based upon an underlying issue that we haven't addressed. And I was at – I was speaking at a women's group a few – maybe about three months ago, and I talked about how for women – and this happens with men too, but – There can be childhood trauma, and there can be secrets about being molested, and we don't articulate that we've been molested. In some cases, we have been encouraged not to talk about it. What Mm -hmm. happens in some families, it's been minimized. It's been looked over. Um, The person, the child has been told they're lying. Um, They didn't have the support there. So what happens is that we're holding on to that. And we, we're carrying that secret, and it's killing us because what's happening is we haven't been able to express it and talk about it. So, again, it plays out in very negative scenarios such as, again, overeating, um, maybe being pr- very promiscuous. Um, it may be, again, being very angry, very contentious, finding it hard to get along with people, um, having toxic relationships that repeat same different people but same scenario because Mm -hmm. again we haven't talked about it so what we don't talk about can be devastating it can even kill us ultimately because we don't address those issues and um when we don't have support for those issues and to talk about them and to articulate it 
um, there's a part of us that's wounded. And so we're walking wounded, and we can walk from year to year and decade to decade throughout our lives, but we're walking wounded. And so that's why it's so important for us to, again, to come before the Lord and just bear all. You know, what is it that we're holding on to? Maybe it was from 50 years ago, but it's still hurting us, you know? Mm -hmm. Some people might say just get over it, but it's not always that easy to just get over it. You know, trauma is real, Um, especially trauma as children that perhaps – you weren't able to fully articulate or someone minimized or told you you were lying about or told you to forget about it or to pretend because it was easier for them to gloss over it because of who the molester was or who the rapist was. Mm -hmm. So these are very traumatic things, and we have to address them because otherwise it can dog us throughout our whole entire adult life if we don't address it. Um, It can cause um, mental trauma. You know, it can cause sleeplessness. It can cause, you know, heart disease, stress. Um, It can cause us, again, to jump in and out of relationships and never be able to maintain a consistent relationship because of these underlying, unaddressed, unresolved issues. Yes, and I think a lot of times when we don't bring it up, especially bring it up in the church, I think a lot of times people, they have dealt with that type of trauma, they feel that, Mm -hmm. Well, God doesn't care about me because it's never mentioned, you know. And I think it's time for us to, especially within the church, to be really educated about that, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like you said, we'll just say, well, give it to God, give it to God. But we never tell or walk with a person on how to give it to God, you know. Yes, exactly. And go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, please continue. Especially as ministers. One of the things we have to be real with ourselves, we don't know everything. There are some things that we have to just tell people, but you know what? We can get counseling. You know, I would advise you to get counseling, and it's not a sin to go to counseling. You know, those are ministers also. There are are Christian counselors, professional counselors that people may need to go to, but especially within the church, we have to admit to tell people Facing something that we're not very knowledgeable knowledgeable about, we have to let them know that we're not knowledgeable about that, but we can help them to get some professional help. And that doesn't mean that you ain't saved because you uh, seek professional help. It's good, and it also is wise, especially on a legal aspect, to especially to get the authorities involved. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And amen. I totally agree. I think that that's kind of been frowned upon. Um, It's often frowned upon. It's looked down upon. Um, Mm -hmm. It's minimized. And as you said, everyone can't necessarily isn't called into every form of counseling someone in terms of particularly when we're talking about things like sexual assault and molestation. That's not Mm -hmm. everyone's calling. And so we want to allow people to be able to, in whatever way that they um, feel comfortable in, expressing that they've been through trauma and then connecting them with the appropriate resource because God can use anyone. And he certainly has, just as he has medical professionals to help you with issues pertaining to, um, you know, illness or preventing illness, he also has counselors. And you you, want to be led by the Lord. But to connect to a Christian counselor, if that's how he's leading you to talk to one of these folks, 
that he has given the assignment to help people with different trauma and different traumatic incidents that have happened. And we have to stop um, ridiculing people or minimizing people for saying, I need to talk to someone. In some cases, sure, it will be fitting for them to talk to someone within um, the ministry at their church or their org- or their ch- church organization. But in some cases, God will leave them to talk to a professional, a licensed counselor. And people should never be ridiculed or minimized for that because these are very serious issues. Um, it's unfortunate that sometimes people are able to see someone dressing inappropriately, let's say a child or a teenager, but they don't have the discernment to see something's going on with this child. This child is being sexualized. Well, that's because someone is molesting this child in some cases. Someone is raping this child in some cases, and so that's why they're dressing provocatively is because they've been sexualized. And so we have to get better discernment in church where we don't just – we're not so quick to look down upon someone or just look at the surface, what's on the surface of their behavior, and look deeper. Um. And and that takes the Holy Spirit, that takes discernment, it certainly takes a, a loving spirit, you know, because we can sometimes be very critical, but we we really need to have love. Um, the Word tells us in all that we do, do it with love. So everything we should be doing should be done with love. It should be done in love, operating in love, agape love. Yes, thank you for, thank you for saying that, because I think a lot of times when we hear ministers within the church to really just put out there to address those issues that people are dealing with, especially within the church. You know, we, we can easily say, we can see the problems that may be going on outside of the church, what people are dealing with outside the church, but those same people that we're looking at outside of the church are within the church. And it's time for them to get get the healing, get the yeah. deliverance, and they are ready. But unfortunately, a lot of times we're not equipped. You know, um, earlier you mentioned about uh, what's that, toxic relationships. And a lot, yeah. of time, a lot of times people just look at relationships pertaining to dating or marriage. But people not realizing when we don't, don't resolve the issues or face the issues that we're dealing with, not only sabotage, sabotage a dating or marriage relationship, but relationships within the family, parenting, any relationship that you may have that's connected to you, it's in jeopardy of being toxic polluted because we're not addressing the issues that are going on in our lives. Yes, it's so true. You know, that's why we're told to guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life. So, um, you know, what we hold on to in our hearts and what we carry around, um, it has an enormous impact on every facet of our life. It, it's going to affect our working relationships, our friendship, as you said, our parenting, as well as our romantic relationship. Um, it's, gonna, it's going to influence every aspect of our life. Um, and that's why it is so important what we, what we hold on to and what we hold as important and what we treasure. Um, because where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is, or the same for a woman. So what do we treasure? Sometimes the things we treasure are actually toxic. They're not good for us. Um, 
you know, we get our earliest conception of relationships from our families. And for many women, I mean, for women that grow up without a father and having that father wound, um, there is oftentimes this desire where you're looking for love, but it's in all the wrong places. Um, you're, you're, you're not, you don't have an experience with healthy relationships, functional relationships. And so what happens is that in looking for love and in, and in looking for that male figure to love you that wasn't present in the father role, then you may reach out to, to men who really aren't good in a, not spiritually, not physically, not mentally, not emotionally. But we are sometimes duplicating when there are other, or sometimes on the flip side, there are toxic relationships that we may have seen with our parents. In some cases, the father was in the home, but the father and mother had a toxic, dysfunctional relationship. And so that is the picture that the woman or man grows up with. And so in later years, latter years, when they begin a relationship, they duplicate it. So maybe they saw mom and dad arguing all the time. So then that becomes commonplace to them and it feels normal. Maybe they saw abuse and domestic violence. So then when later they become engaged in romantic relationships, it feels normal for somebody to get slapped or get punched or thrown around the kitchen because that's what they grow up seeing, and it feels normal. And so we can normalize abuse and toxic relationship and dysfunction, but we don't necessarily, again, have to have seen it firsthand. It can be that we just have a wound that we are carrying. So as we get in a relationship, we place the desire to have someone in our life above everything else. We don't look at, you know, we don't look at what the person is truly like beneath the surface, beneath what they're presenting. You know, what it, what, are they truly mentally stable? Are they stable emotionally? You know, how were they truly in past relationships? And so we can just rush into a relationship, you know, in a hurry. We want to be with someone. We want to try to um, – Soothe that wound we've had from childhood of the missing father by having a male, a male man in our life. But what we end up doing is we actually end up creating new trauma bonds because when we jump into a relationship and it ends up being toxic and dysfunctional, we're actually just further traumatizing ourselves. And what we can do if we don't recognize that we're still trying to um, put solve on a wound from our childhood, but one that's just superficial we can continue to create these relationships and, and fall into a dysfunctional pattern of relationships all throughout our lives. Now, the faces of the partners will be different, but it's the same recurring pattern. You know, that was, that was so important. And I think a lot of times what happens, it makes us begin to jeopardize our heart, which will ultimately jeopardize our trust. And one of the things that when a person have their trust broken, a lot of time not only is it hard for them to trust people, but it makes it hard in that side to trust God. So can you share with mm-hmm. us about um, about even just the importance of releasing and let it go so you can be able to get the healing that you need for your heart? Well, I think one – really important thing that all of us have to recognize is that our first love should always be God. The reason a lot of these toxic relationships happen 
frankly, is because we're not walking with God. We're not listening to him. God is always the first and the most important validator in our life. Our validation comes from him. He's the one who fearfully and wonderfully made us in his image, Psalms 139. So we're made in his image. And so God made us. Um, He thought enough of us that he wanted to have one of us on this planet. And so he created us with purpose. And so when we should always first be looking to God for our validation, for our for knowing first and foremost that God loves us. Even if we don't feel like anybody on the earth loves us, God loves us primarily. First and foremost, God loves us and he's our validator. He will always be there for us. It tells us in Hebrews 13, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is always with us. He's always with us. But we have to always look to him first and foremost and make that the primary relationship in our lives. The reason that we get caught up in toxic dysfunctional relationships is because we're supplanting the role of God with the human. We're looking to a human to give us what only God can. There is a place in our hearts that's only, that only exists for relationship with Jesus. And what will happen is we can spend our whole life trying to fill it with other things, with relationships, with drugs, with alcohol, with sex, with shopping, with gambling, with porn, uh, working, the love of money. But nothing can take the place of that love of Jesus. Nothing can take that place in our heart that's meant just for him. So when we put God first and foremost, he will, and when we listen to him, he will guide us, and he will say, no, not that one. That's not what I want for you. I want better. Because as any parent, you want the best for your children. You want the best. And so God wants the best for us. And so what we have to do is, regardless of how many times we may have detoured in the past, we can come to him right now just as we are and say, despite the mistakes I made in the past, the detours, being derailed, not listening to you when you told me don't go there, We can turn to him right now. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And so we can come to him right now, regardless of what we did last year, last night, even five minutes ago, and say, here I am, Lord, help me, heal me, redeem me, change me. You know, we may not even know the exact words to say other than please or Jesus, but he knows what's in our heart, and he knows what we have need of. So when James tells us, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you, there's, a, there's just a special connection that we'll have with him when we're willing to just release and just let go and let God have his way with us. You saying, regardless of what I've done in my past, no matter mm-hmm. if I've done it for two minutes or 20 years, you're saying mm-hmm. that God is willing to forgive me, give me a clean slate? Yes. yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. He says in, in Isaiah 118, come, let us reason together. You know, though our sins are red as scarlet, he'll make them white as snow. He's our great redeemer. That's what he came for. And, and, and it's not just one type of wound. He heals us from all our wounds and transgression. It tells us in Isaiah 53, and five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 
So the same way as this was written over 2,000 years ago by the prophet Isaiah, these words still ring true today. Today, Jesus will still heal our wounds. He will still forgive us. He will still take the place of our sin. But we have to come unto him and say, Jesus, I know that I've done wrong. I know that I've gone off track. I know that I've made a mistake. Heal me, forgive me, redeem me. And he'll do it because that's what he died for. He didn't just die for for one of us. He died for all of us, that any of us could come before him and be redeemed and be saved. And so he wants to have a relationship with each of us right now in this very moment, regardless of whatever happened. He wants to wash, wash our sins white as snow. And so we have to just be willing to let go of whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. He died for it. He nailed that sin to the cross. He just needs us to be willing to let him in. It says in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door to me, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. That's relationship. So he wants to have a relationship, a lasting relationship, a genuine, authentic relationship, true relationship. But it's up to us to just open the door to him. He wants to come in, but he's just not going to strong arm us because he wants to have a true, genuine relationship. And a relationship is, is two-sided. It's not one-sided. But if we open our heart to him today and ask him to come in, we will have relationship. And he will guide us, and he will teach us, and he will love on us, and he will love us through those desolate places and those valley experiences and through the trauma, and, and, and he will get us to the other side. He will walk us through the other side, but we just have to be willing to come unto him because that's what he wants. That's what he desires is to have relationship with us, all of us. Before we go any further, I want to bring this up before we go to our phone line. There may be somebody that's watching. They may be listening. They may be in a toxic relationship. They may be in a relationship where they feel like it's such a stronghold. I can't get released from this. I will never get free from this. You know, they feel like, well, that's all I'm good for, or He'll change, you know. I know he have his bad moments, but it's my fault. You know, can you speak to that young lady or that young man that may be in a toxic or even in an abusive relationship? They may feel trapped. They may feel like they can't get out. Can you speak to them right now at this moment? Yes. Um, you have to know that you were made for more than that. God created you in his image, and that's an awesome, magnificent thing. Um, he didn't create any of us to be abused, not emotionally, not physically, not sexually, not verbally, not in any way he didn't create us for abuse. And the way that love looks, if any of us read, go to 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us what love looks like. You know, love is patient. It's, it's long-suffering. It's kind. Love is giving. Love doesn't keep track of of simple wrongdoings. Love doesn't. Um, love isn't selfish. Love isn't self-centered. If, we, if someone is willing to hurt us, that doesn't show love. And it certainly doesn't show the love that God created us for. 
we have to love ourselves enough to understand that God didn't create us to be abused. And it doesn't matter whether the person just started doing this or whether it's been going on for years. Any form of abuse is unacceptable. It's not okay. We don't need to feel like because I've been with this person for X amount of time, I owe it to them to let them abuse me. No, that person needs help, and that person needs to be healed of their issues. But that doesn't mean that anyone needs to stay in an abusive relationship. So certainly look to God, ask him to connect you to resources. If it's something where you feel I need to connect to some resources and I need to have a shelter to go to, I need to have some resources to maybe be able to move to a different town, etc. Ask him to help you with resources in the natural, because even though we're spiritual beings, we live in the natural world, you know, eating, sleeping, drinking, you know, we need shelter in these things. So resources are important, but we need to understand our own worth and know our worth and know that we were created for more than being abused by by someone, whether you're a man or a woman. It's wrong either way if somebody is abusing you. And again, it's wrong if it just started or if it's been going on for years or for decades. And so I just pray for anyone that's going through that situation and feeling like they're not good enough for, to be with someone else or feeling like no one else will love them. I want you to know that God loves you. God loves you unconditionally. He loves you inherently. He loves you enough that he doesn't want you to be abused and mistreated. Um, people are the most precious thing that God ever created. And he doesn't want you to live like that, not for another moment. So know in this moment if you are going through that, that's not God's best and that's not God's will for you. And I pray for anyone in that situation that God will cover you and allow a means of escape because it not only affects you physically, this is is emotional trauma. It's emotional trauma. And no one should live in that type of scenario. Many women and some men as well, have lost their lives due to violence, due to abuse, due to someone that said they loved them, harming them or taking their life. That's not God's will for any of us. It never is. And he, he wants so much more for you. Each of us has a purpose on this earth. Each of us has an assignment. And he wants us to fulfill our assignment. And he certainly doesn't want any of us to be being abused and to be living a life that's not what he called us for. That's not our purpose here. It's not our purpose. And so I just encourage anyone going through that to know that God wants more for you and to expect more for yourself. Thank you so much for bringing And I will tell you, um, just in case those who may be watching or listening, um, for those that didn't know, back in March, just a few months ago, I lost someone very dear to me pertaining to domestic violence, and that person was not just my sibling. This person was not just a sister, not just my only sister. She was my favorite sister, um, Sheila Prater. And, you know, just thinking about it, it, it hurts my heart, but I know I can't change the past, but one thing about it is if I can bring awareness to other people, because I think a lot of times people see that it happens to other people, but they feel that it will never happen to them. You know, sometimes they feel that I go to church and he may not be saved, but he may not be delivered. I can come and get saved. 
And two things, number one, you can never change anybody. But number two, that is some type of insecurity where you have to take the place of God to change or make somebody do something that's actually not in their will. But for us to realize that God has so much for us, and a lot of times, even if people may try to uh, be in fear of leaving the relationship because they feel like they don't want to be alone, you know, or even some of the things you mentioned, you know, uh, the envious, or even uh, they become bitter because of a past relationship and not realizing that it's contaminating their current relationship, you know. So I want to, I really, really want to take the time in the middle of the show to tell you I really appreciate you bringing that up, you know. Um, I, the Lord just had you on my heart, and when I saw you posted something one day, and I said, whatever it takes, I don't care when it is, I have to have you on the show, and I just prayed that God line everything up, and so here today. So just in the middle of the show, I want to tell you I really, really, really thank God for you bringing that up because I think a lot of times that's one of the topics that a lot of times within the church we're scared to address. I found out a lot of times the reason why a lot of times we're scared to address it, not only because we're not educated about it, a lot of times it's happening or we're participating in it within the church. So I thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, and I just want to, again, just, you know, I'm so sorry um, to hear about what happened with your sister. Um, I did, you know, see your post about it months ago. Um, I just will continue to pray for you and your family and everyone that's experienced the loss of someone. Um, it should never be. It should never happen. Um, and, again, abuse is never okay under any circumstances. When someone shows you the very first time abuse, that's the time to exit, the very first time. Um, the I, I love yous and the I'm sorry's and let's make up and it'll never happen again, um, that just becomes a recurring pattern. And anyone that's been in an abusive relationship for a long time will tell you they've heard it many times. And there'll be the good times, and then but then a, a, a new bad time will occur. And they'll, they'll have some reason, whatever their reason is, because it doesn't take any reason truly, for them to fly off the handle and to become abusive. There's never any excuse, but in those cases, folks who carry that demonic spirit of abuse will try to make it the victim's fault. And so they will lure them back in again, telling them that I wouldn't have done this if you hadn't done X. And so the person, if they are they don't their self esteem isn't strong enough, they can become lured back in thinking that they've done something wrong. And if they just do something differently, the person will be different the next time. And because the person lulls them into this complacency of feeling like this was a one-time thing or it only happened because of X and it won't happen again and I love you and what will I do without you, um, they just end up going through this vicious cycle. They can continue on for not just years, even decades. Um, And that's just not the life God wants for us. I was, when I was a young woman, um, I believe I was 22 at the time. I got involved with someone, and I mean, initially I had there was like warning signs, but I pushed past them, and we started having problems in a relationship. And the time came when I said, "I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be with you." And I remember I was standing outside on my parents' porch, and it was late at night, and I remember just all of a sudden he began to attack me, and. 
he, at the time it was happening, I almost couldn't even believe it, it was happening because it happened so quickly and it was so vicious. And he literally just started punching me, pushed me down some stairs and started strangling me. And I thought to myself, I can't believe this is happening. You know, like, am I about to die right now? This can't be how my life ends. And thank God he told me, you know, if you leave me, I'm going to kill you. So I told him, you know, hey, you know, whatever I needed to say at that moment, because I'm like, I want to survive this attack. So I told him, you know, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to stay with you. And out of fear that it would happen again, I stayed in a relationship with him for a certain period of time because I was scared. I was traumatized. I was shell-shocked. I had never experienced that in my life of dating anyone, and I didn't know what to do. But eventually I said, I can't live like this. I can't be with someone like this. This isn't right. I know this isn't what a relationship is supposed to look like. And even though I knew I could potentially be in danger, I I was too determined that I could, I was not going to live like that any longer. And I just was like, this is it. I'm done. I'm not dealing with this anymore. And um, so when I talk about this issue, I'm not talking about it from a clinical viewpoint or something that I witnessed with someone else. I've been there and gone through that experience of being with somebody that's abusive in a relationship. But the same as I survive and I came through on the other side, I want to encourage men or women that are in an abusive relationship to know that you can leave the relationship. You should leave the relationship. Now, you want to use discernment and how you're going to do that, and certainly, again, if there's resources that you need, connect to those resources. But I want you to know that it's something you should never get accustomed to, and you should never feel like because you're overweight or because of your past, or because you don't feel that you're attractive, or because maybe you already have children, any reason that you feel like I'm not lovable. Any, these, are, these are lies from the enemy that are, tell you that you're not lovable and that you should stay with someone hurting you. So never buy into that. That's a demonic trick. Um, don't believe it. Don't fall for it. Don't be lured into it. You deserve far better than that. And, again, the first time it happens, believe this is what the future will be like and exit. Now, let me ask you this. Now, after the physical removal, is there a psychological uh, effect that happens even after you have removed yourself from that relationship? Yeah, after you've exited, and again, you know, keep a safety plan in mind with exiting, um, you you can have the psychological trauma. That's why it's so important, and this, again, can, can carry over year after year. So that's why, it's again, it's important to acknowledge when you're holding unforgiveness, not just against the perpetrator, but against yourself, because sometimes we blame ourselves. We go, how could I let myself be in that scenario? Sometimes we wound ourselves further by saying, um, you know, I must not be worth very much for somebody to treat me like that. So, we have to be very mindful that we don't further traumatize ourselves, that we speak to the issue when we recognize the problem isn't us, the problem is that person's. There's a shortcoming within them. There's a spirit that's not from God operating in them that is compelling them to do that, but that there's never an excuse for doing that. And so we have to be very mindful that we don't further traumatize ourselves by belittling ourselves, by 
um, developing low self-esteem because of it or feeling like we're not lovable or feeling like everybody um, is going to abuse us. Because if we just, again, keep God first, not feel ever a rush to be in a relationship, but wait for a right relationship that's going to have God at the center, that's what's critical to any relationship we ever get in, whether somebody's abusive or not. Um, But, of course, if it's abusive, we know it's not from God. But if it's a relationship that doesn't involve abuse, it still might not be from God because somebody may not be physically abusive to us, but they may be someone who just doesn't have our best interests at heart. So why? So that's why it's critical that in any relationship, before we jump into any relationship, that we're being led by God, that we're being led by the Holy Spirit, and that this is something where it's a joining of two people that want to serve God and are going to keep God at the center. Um, that's one of the things we have to do daily is keep God at the center. There's no one that's going to make us feel complete. That comes through our relationship with God. So we can't look to a relationship with another person to make me feel good about myself, to make me feel whole, to make me feel complete. Our wholeness and our completeness comes through our relationship with God and knowing that he loves us, he values us, he esteems us, he validates us. And when we know that intrinsically, we can come to him and tell him about the issues that we're having and ask him to heal us and release us from those wounds of the past. And he can also give us the guidance so that as we're moving forward, when we see those red alerts and we see those red flags, we step right around them rather than repeating that recurring pattern. Yes. Yeah. Before we go into further, we have some people on the line that we want to Give them a moment just in case they want to mm-hmm. um, ask questions. Amen. Hello. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. You're on the air with Evangelist Veronica Holland. How are you doing today? Um, doing great. How about yourself? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. Um, if you like to uh, say anything, feel free at this time. Well, actually, uh Ms. Holland, I appreciate your message tonight. You've uh, touched on many points that uh, uh, I agree with. I uh, had the same thing happen to me when I was young, uh, sexual abuse at home when I was with my father. Of course, it did impact me in many ways. But my question to you is this, and try to make a long, long story short. After making many mistakes in my uh, my first marriage, now fortunately my ex-husband and I, we get along, we're very cordial, but just due to my insecurities, his insecurities, uh, you know, there's a lot of fighting, and there's a lot of red flags that we should have po- paid attention to. But, and um, but my thing is this: from the things that I, I was never taught, I guess, the right way. Um, my ex-husband, he was never abusive to me, but I mean, I know I, there were times that I just, I, I didn't treat him right. You know, I just, you know, of course, if something go wrong, I would, you know, scream, yell at him. Of course, this was many, many years ago. But my thing is this: like. I, if you were never really taught or never saw the proper love at home, how are you supposed to learn how to do that? Like if God gives you another chance, like if I was to meet somebody else, are there going to be signs that I can actually see, or is it just different? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can answer that or not. Uh, one who's a follower of God, yes, we know we should pay attention to signs, and obviously I would now. But, it's like, but if you were never really taught properly at home and there was never that close connection and your father taught you the wrong things, then uh, – how I don't know if you know what I'm trying to say. How do you how is God going to help you connect with a man in a proper way if you've never really felt it before? Right. I think that's the question. Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, again, um, thank you for the question. Um, 
first and foremost, we keep God first. When we right. develop a relationship with God, we'll begin to hear his voice, and we'll recognize it's his voice. Because you can hear other voices, and it could be your own voice or it can be Satan's voice, but you'll know the difference. This is God talking to me. God, when you have a relationship with him, you can hear from him in a number of ways. It can be you can hear an actual voice, or it could be that he will allow situations to develop to where you can see the person, and that is your sign. You can see the person behave in a certain way. The word is our blueprint for how we should be living our lives. Now, when you, as a woman of God, meet someone who says they are a man of God, their behavior as well as their word should line up with the word of God. If we are reading the word of God, we'll see how his behavior should line up, and that will tell us whether this person authentically bears the fruit of a man that has God in his life or whether it's just something on the surface where maybe somebody is just going to church because it sounds good. So in other words, right. a man of God is going to be a man of integrity. He's going to be a man that's honest. He's going to be a man that is, has a relationship with God. You know, he, he should already have an authentic relationship with God. So in other words, he should already be someone that prays. He should already be someone that reads the Bible. He should be someone that has a relationship with God outside of just Sunday at 9 a.m. This should be a true, authentic ongoing, consistent relationship with God, because any woman that is living for God now and is saved and has been redeemed and set free from her past, the man that you want to get involved with is a man who has God first just as you have God first, so that you're you're coming together as two people who are both already serving God, loving God, listening to God. Um, Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You want to be walking with someone that's in agreement with the word and with the will of God. So, again, people will show you based on whether their actions line up with what the word of God says. The word of God said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So a man, of, a man that is sold out to God, who loves God and has the authentic relationship with him, he lives his life in a way that's pleasing to God. And so Absolutely. his actions are going to line up with that. So, again, he's going to be a man of integrity, honesty, a responsible man. He's not a man that's not taking care of his kids. He's not a man that doesn't want to work. He's not a man that's irresponsible. He's a man that has order in his life, who has responsibilities that he's taking care of. And he's also, and this is very important for women of God, that he's a man that's not leading you away from God but closer to God. So he shouldn't be leading you to his bedroom. He should be leading you to the altar, initially to pray. But ultimately, if you're going to be married, to the altar to get married. So so what he should be doing with you are activities that are God-centric, that are pleasing in God's sight, that, again, um, ultimately reflect that you know God is watching you and you want him to be pleased. God is watching everything that we do. So he knows if when we're together with someone, if we're doing something that's untoward or if something ungodly or whether we're doing things that are pleasing to God. And so that's what we should be looking at, again, is the fruit. What does this man's life look like? Does it reflect fruit of a man that loves God? Does it reflect a fruit of a man that honors God, not just for other people, but behind closed doors? Does his life honor God? And that's where we will see. And God will allow us. Even if we don't hear him audibly say, that's not the one, or it is the one, he will allow us to see the person behind closed, perhaps closed doors, perhaps just in an ongoing basis, how they handle conflict, how they handle responsibility. Those are the signs, how they, how they, live, how they live their life. Absolutely. And that, 
those, I believe it or not, what you mentioned, those are things I've been praying for for a long time. But I do realize that God has to work on me first. I, and no, I don't expect to meet somebody to make me whole. That's, that's first mm-hmm. off, that's not, that's unfair to them, and that's unfair to me because I can't expect somebody mm-hmm. to make me happy unless I, unless I have things in my life whole. So, but, yes. um, but Amen. you did, you did hit the nail on the head earlier when you talked about that. Where there are, a lot of times, where there are worst enemies in forgiving ourselves. Because I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. things in my past I've mistakes I've done with my kids or, or with my ex-husband. I'm like, oh, there are things I should not have said, and I can't take those back. And it's like, okay, they can forgive me, but I, you know, I have a hard time forgiving myself because we have to face ourselves in the mirror every day. And we mm-hmm. keep living those things in our mind about whatever was said or done. So, but uh, thank well, you so much for your message. Paul, oh, God bless you. God bless you. And I just want to say, you know, he forgave Paul, who was formerly Saul, who used to set Christians up to be killed. He's forgi- right. He forgave so many people throughout the Bible. So he can forgive us too. So we don't have yeah. to can, – we can learn from our mistakes, but we don't have to relive them every day and, and, and right. add a new cross on our back in terms of saying, I'm going to keep reliving the guilt and reliving the shame because he wants to redeem us from that so that now we can tell our story and say, yeah, that did happen. Yeah, I did make that mistake. But you know what? Glory to God. He's redeemed me, and I'm doing a new thing now. And let me tell you my story because maybe that will help you from going down the path I went down. Absolutely. You know, and I – like uh, of course the business or the the work that Brother Prater and I are in, you know, we as a friend of mine in one of our uh, Sunday school class, I'll, I'll I'll end this real quick. But I mean, she, I was telling her I, said, I don't know what my purpose is. She's like, well, considering what you do, so you see a lot of broken people that come through, broken souls or lost souls. I said, maybe God has that for you to do. And of course, have so many broken people come up with so many stories, and you know, mm-hmm. I do my best to try to try to reach out to them. Some we can't because it's just. <laughs> Brother Prater knows what I'm talking about. There's some you just can't reach because they're just hard-hearted and just whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. but I've I've had to learn how to to look things in a different way and try not to judge people because you know we all have a story. You know we mm-hmm. all have you know our, our demons. Whether you're in jail, or you're not, or you're just wandering the street, everybody has a demon battle to face. And uh, and to to capture on the uh, talk about Jesus forgiving, but talk about with Peter, I was like. Now that was that was bad. Like what he denied his friend three times. He's like that's mm-hmm. and if, he, if mm-hmm. Jesus can forgive him and tell him to come to me, I said that's yeah. you know that should be enough for all of us. But you know we're human, so we just like I said we we have a hard time forgiving ourselves. Yeah, we got to release it and then move forward. You know that was Absolutely. yesterday. I'm moving on today. I'm going to do a new thing. You know that tells us in Corinthians five seventeen. If any man, 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away and all things become new. So when he hits the reset button, you want to roll with that. Absolutely. Reset. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. Thank you, ma'am. Amen. God bless you. Thank God. Thank God for that. I do have to say uh, it's very important, even when the devil try to bring up our past or remind us of our past, First of all, when the devil bring up our past, we bring up his future. But also, Come on. The, the, <laughs> Amen. One of the important things that we have to do, we have to start speaking. We got to start yes, speaking, sir. talking out loud. God, what did mm-hmm. your words say about this situation? What did your words say about my past? You know, because mm-hmm. it's like it's mm-hmm. easy for us to forgive others before ourselves. But as soon as our past try to come in front of us, we'll recite mm-hmm. our past instead of reciting our future. 
So it's important for us to even just watch what we say, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a big, big, big uh, advocate on praying out loud, speaking out loud, because the devil, he's in our head. He's talking to our mind, but we have to say what God's word said out of our mouth to counteract what the devil's saying in our head. But as long as we keep in, as long as we keep in what the devil's saying in our head and we keep in God's word in our head instead of our mouth, then we end up getting ourselves confused. So, so I, yes, I do amen. thank you for, I, I thank you for even uh, ministering to that uh, young lady that called, and um, if you don't mind, there may be someone that may be listening. They may see this podcast, or they may be listening to this podcast, and they may be saying, you know, there are some things that they may have been dealing with. There might have been some generational curses that might have been family and because of God ministering to them through you now they've come to realize that they have allowed some things they have held on to some things you know and so if you don't mind if you can just speak to them and also usher us into prayer at this time yes Lord I just ask you I thank you for this time Lord I thank you for this opportunity to fellowship to glorify you, to lift your name up, Lord. I pray for everyone that is listening to this podcast and specifically anyone who has been dealing with unresolved trauma, anyone that feels stuck in their past, anyone that's dealing with um, generational curses and feeling like they're stuck in a pattern of what happened with them, what happened with them yesterday, 20 years ago, what happened to their mother, what happened to their grandmother, Lord. As I said before, it says in your word, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things pass away, all things become new, Lord. Lord, thank you for your newness. Thank you, Lord, for washing away the old, Father. I ask that you will just speak to their heart right now and help them to hear your voice, your voice, Lord. The name, the voice of the author and finisher of our faith, Lord. Speak to their heart and let them know that you truly love them, that you're advocating for them. The greater is he that is in us, than he that is in the world, Lord. That you are our greater, you are our portion, you are our redeemer, Lord. You will heal us as you did the woman with the issue of blood, Lord, in Mark 5. She said, if I were just to touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole, Lord. Make us whole, Lord. Restore us, Lord. Help us to live out the plan and purpose that you have for our lives, Lord. Help all of those who have been dealing with hidden pain and hidden trauma, Lord, terrible experiences from their childhood that they're carrying, maybe not their childhood but recent history, Lord, that they're holding on to, that are blocking them, Lord, that are detouring and derailing, Lord, and keeping them in negative patterns and going in circles, standing still, not having the purpose that you have for their life, Father God, them living in bondage, Lord. Break the yoke, hasidakatara. Break the yoke right now, Lord. Lord, rebuke the devourer. Rebuke every plan of Satan against their life, Father God, hasidakatara. Lord, override the bad memories and the bad experiences, Lord. 
usher in healing and peace, Lord, restoration, Lord, everything that you created them to do from the foundation of the earth, Lord, help them to walk in it, Lord. Bless them, Holy Spirit, Lord. Help them to feel the peace that surpasses all understanding in their heart, Father God. Guard their minds. Help them to have a sound mind, which is what you created them to have, Father God. Lord, wash them anew. Wash them anew. Help them to be all you've created them to be. You fearfully and, and wonderfully made them in your image. Help them to know who they are and whose they are. You said in your word in John, your sheep hear your voice and they know you, Father. They follow you. Help them to hear your voice, to recognize it, and to follow it. Block out the words of the enemy that come to curse and to ridicule and to harm and to hinder, Lord. Block the voice of the enemy and all his works, Lord. Help block the spirit of self-sabotage. Pull it out by the root and destroy it. Bind it, Father God. Bind up every wound and heal the brokenhearted, Father God. In the name of Jesus Christ, the name above all names that holds all power forevermore. Help them to know no matter what happened in their past, Lord, they can come to you right now for forgiveness and be redeemed and walk in wholeness. When someone reminds them of the past, as the brother said, let them remind the person of their future and what you have for them. It says in 3 John 2, Above, beloved, above all, I wish that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, Lord. Give them the soul prosperity, Lord, and the physical prosperity, Lord. Block out every disease and illness, Lord, that has sprung from their emotional issues and their issues of the heart, Father God. Bring them to good health in their body, their mind, and their spirit, Lord. We know that you love us with an everlasting love, and we know that we're experiencing love, experiencing love because you set the template. Thank you, Lord, as you told us in Psalm 27, for being our light and our salvation. And because of you, we have, to, we have nothing to fear because you are with us. You tell us in Romans 8:28, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose, Lord. Work everything in our life, together for our purpose, Lord, so that we can be who you've called us to be. Lord, you've come for the sick. You've come for the wounded. You've come for the hurt. You've come for those that were on drugs. You've come for the ex-prostitute, the ex-pimp, the ex-drug dealer, Father God. You come for the liar, the fornicator, the adulterer, the one that had abortions, Father God. You come for those who have been living a life that was not pleasing, Father God. You come for those who've made, all of us, who have made mistakes, Lord, but you don't want us to stay stuck in our mistake, Lord, and you don't want us to stay stuck at all and to walk contrary to your will for us, Lord. We thank you because your thoughts for us and your plans for us are good. Your plans for us are for good and not evil, to give us a future and a hope, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Thank you, Lord, that you are our redeemer and our strength. Strengthen those right now that feel weak in their body and their mind, Father God. Oh, help them to set their minds on things above, not on things of the earth, Father God. 
let them not be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed, as it says in Romans 12, transformed by the renewing of our minds. Align our minds with your mind, Father God, that we may be all that you've called us to be. In the blessed, everlasting name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, sweet Holy Spirit, for touching us, Lord. Thank you for everyone you've led to this podcast and the Facebook Live, Father God. Oh, thank you, Lord, for speaking to them right where they are, Lord. Thank you for this ministry. Help it to continue and to flourish, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. If that's, I think a lot of times we omit the importance of prayer. You know, prayer is so important. And, of course, us praying for each other, excuse me, us praying, we praying for ourselves. But it's so important for us to pray for one another. I think that's something that yeah. we very, very much omit. We we omit the intercessory prayer. You know, um, yeah. it's it's so important. I think about the mothers of old. You know, um, the mothers they they lay for the Lord. They, you know, we old school. We used to have terrorist service at church on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. You know, after regular mm-hmm. service, and somebody come up and say, "What time is revival time?" And they saw revival immediately after regular mm-hmm. service. So, <laughs> so I think I thank God for bringing us back. To the way that we grew up in, pertaining to praying mm-hmm. for each other, praying for one another, you know, that is that is important. I think that really helps encourages us when we deal with those strongholds, those things yeah. that it seems like it's so hard for us to overcome, you know. And it's nothing like being able to have a struggle, but you have somebody encouraging, praying for you, even when you feel weak. You have someone right beside mm-hmm. you. That's not ridiculing you. That's not talking down upon you, but encouraging and talking up to you, and telling you the same God that delivered them will deliver you. Not only He can, but He will. You know, and so that helps us, and also helping us to have an accountability partner. Amen. So I thank Amen. you. I thank you for bringing us back. How to say bringing us back to the old landmark? I thank you <laughs> for bringing us back. That's the way church was back in the day. And we're praying that God bring us back, help us to have the same power and authority. Remind us we, it's available. We're just not utilizing it. So I thank yeah. God for you. 
if you don't mind, um, if you don't mind sharing with us information about your books, please. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> God is awesome. Um, I have a book called More Than Conquerors that you can find on Amazon. Um, it's in Kindle, Kindle version, so it's an e-book. And I actually wrote it with my mother and sister. Um, and that, again, is called More Than Conquerors. And it's a devotional um, and it's for men or women, um, just encouragement and drawing closer to the Lord and being encouraged daily, um, 40 days of encouragement. And I also have an upcoming series called Braveheart, a Braveheart series. Um, that's, um, this is specifically catered to women and dealing with overcoming toxicity that we talked about like tonight and uh, being a woman of purpose and just increasing faith. And to find out more about that, you can email me, veronicaholland at mail.com, or you can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, Veronica Holland is my name, and um, we can talk more about that. Um, but that will be coming out. Um, the first book from that series will be coming out in roughly four to six weeks, and that will be available on Amazon.com um, via Kindle as well as paperback. Um, and so I just – I thank I thank God for this opportunity. I thank you, Brother Prater, for providing this opportunity and being led by God and allowing him uh, to use you for his glory and uh, being used in your ministry. Um, I thank you for reaching out to others and allowing us to have the opportunity to share about the glory of God. I, I thank God for all the listeners and all that will be seeing this view of Facebook Live. Um, you're not here by accident. Um, God has a purpose for you. He wants the very best for you, and he wants you to know that you're loved, that you're always loved, no matter what situation you may face in this life, no matter what trials and tribulations, no matter what happened in your past. He wants you to walk in newness, to forgive others, and to also forgive yourself, to draw near to him and to be healed, and to know that he wants you to be healed and to be whole and to be healthy. That's that's his desire for you. Um, and then to share as he leads you to let others know that just as you made it out victoriously through God and were an overcomer, that others can do the same. And so, again, I just thank God for this opportunity and thank God um, for just allowing me and allowing us on tonight to be used for his glory. Yes. Yes. Also, if you don't mind, before we get ready to wrap it up, you gave us your book information, upcoming books, mm-hmm. and also your contact mm-hmm. information. But can you please let us know if you have any speaking engagements coming up? And if you do, welcome to share it. And just in case someone may want to book you for speaking or ministering, um, more information that may be able to contact you just in case someone may want to book you. Um, to, in order to do that, um, you can, again, contact me, Veronica Holland, at uh, mail.com or purposehouse at mail.com. That's uh, my ministry, Purpose House Ministry, that's really kicking off this year, 2019. I'm looking forward to um, just awesome, doing um, awesome ministry to the glory of God in the year to come. Um, but I'll also, again, you can reach me via Facebook. Um, you can certainly message me. Um, Veronica Holland is my name. And uh, my picture will come up and uh, certainly send me a message. Um, I am just grateful, again, for the opportunity um, to minister and to be led however God leads me um, for kingdom work and for bringing him glory. 
So I just thank God for the opportunity. God for you. Thank God for you. And I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in. Thank you all for your participation, your listening ears, but also your prayers. Thank once again for Evangelist Veronica Holland. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for ministering to us. I pray that God continue to use you, open up many doors, and also praying that God replenish you for what you have poured into us. And we pray against every attack that the devil may try to plan. We also even speak against the spirit of backlash in your ministry, in your life. And I think, and also even Amen. your family, praying that God protect and God cover you all like never before. And I'm praying that God Amen. open many doors and windows to your blessings, to your purpose, to the plans that he has for you. And I thank God for you uh, spending time to minister to us. And, and I'm praying, matter of fact, I'm praying that uh, God continue to increase and encourage you. I, I got this notice a few seconds ago. I have a testimony. The young lady that was on on the line mm-hmm. a few minutes ago, she wanted to tell you, she said, awesome messenger, glad I got a, glad I got my answers to my questions. Tell Pastor Holland, I said, may God continue to bless you unmeasurably. So that was from uh, the young lady that you spoke with and I thank God for you. I thank God for God using you. And without further moment ado, for those who uh, want a copy of the podcast, know that it's downloadable. You can go into uh, the website, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. And also, right after the show on Facebook Live, you're welcome to view it again. So I think Evangelist Veronica Holland ministering to us and I thank you so much for just everything that just you've done for the show or on the show for your ministry as a whole. So we thank God for you. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. And the same for you. May God open many doors for you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. God bless you all. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night. <laughs>